Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Socialist Agenda. As always, my name is JB, and I'm joined by the one and only John, or the Canadian commie to you. John, how are you? It's been a hot minute. We were just chatting. Yeah, it's been yeah, a little absolutely. bit since we've chat. Absolutely. It's been, that's, that's life for you. It just kind of takes off, and, and away you go. I, you're, you've, you've been busy. Yeah, so I've uh, gotten into the the world of people not liking me, which is totally fine and expected when you do controversial content on the internet. Um, but they've weaponized their attacks to the point that has gotten my TikTok account uh, taken down, got oh. videos taken down, and then oh. I got reinstated. I got my live stream suspended. Oh. It's been... Uh, <laughs> I've been brigaded against, to say the least, from okay. people that I, I that do not agree with my pro-vaccine commentary. Um, oh no! They they've seemed to have weaponized the TikTok reporting system, you know, as as once one did in the YouTube days back in the day, mm-hmm. um, to take down my content. Not that my content is is actually violates community guidelines. Like it gets taken down for the dumbest things, like. I had my live stream suspended last night, which was quickly reinstated, and kudos to TikTok for doing it so quickly, but for hate speech, because oh, yeah. apparently I was I was conducting any sort of hate speech against a particular race of people, which we were talking about our topic today, and we were talking about Cuba. I don't know what... I was talking hate speech, I guess you could say, against capitalism, but um, <laughs> they, they didn't like that, and they reported me en masse, and it uh, got yeah, my I- live stream shut down. I've had a I've had a uh, a video removed from YouTube and got a warning uh, because I did a video on QAnon and right. I think the QAnoners all got together and, and brigaded me on that and it's there's I'm glad to hear that you you got your stuff reinstated so quickly because it seems to me like I, I I have that warning strike on my channel now and it's just sitting there and there seems to be nothing I can do about it. Yeah, TikTok does a does a strike system like a warning system as well, but the warning falls off once you've kind of um, served your time, I guess you could say. So, like, I you know, if a post gets taken down and you appeal it, um, and they do not revoke the appeal, like they say, no, the video is still bad. We're not taking it down. You can or not putting it back up, I should say. You can just delete the video and your strike goes away. If that oh, makes sense. That's but if you uh, if you say appeal something, so say I get a strike and I appeal the video, and then that appeal gets granted, I don't I lose the strike if that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it works on a system that you just can't get three strikes in a quick succession of each other. But oh, yeah. you could get I've gotten like thirty videos taken down over the course of the last month. But the appeals get pushed through. They re- they watch the video and say, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this video. So they put the video back up, and my strike goes away. Right. Fine. So. Or you can just delete the video and the strike goes away. So it's kind of a, a not a foolproof system for that matter, but um, it's yeah. just annoying. It's just frustrating. You you would know too. You put all this work and effort mm-hmm. into creating content, and then it just takes a, a Discord channel and some motivation to to for for your videos to get taken down. Right? Yeah, it's really bad because you're 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 headbutting up against like i feel like i'm headbutting up against like capitalism in a general sense whereas you're headbutting up against the like actual delusional people like the people yeah. like literally like evidence doesn't matter and who cares about these facts you're talking about? yeah we i had a conversation with an anti-vaxxer because when my live got reinstated like tiktok looked at my appeal almost instantly um when my live got suspended last night and when i got back on an anti-vaxxer came in and um touted these fake information coming from the uk so he kept telling me to look it up look it up it's true so i looked it up and i on google and DuckDuckGo and bing all the search engines all proved him wrong mm-hmm. right very 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 quickly so it wasn't necessarily the fact that like we're talking about opinions like this is hard facts that he was proved wrong on on mult from multiple sources and he still repeated it like he just couldn't yeah. accept the fact that i showed him on camera like dude you're wrong like I, yeah. they just can't accept reality sometimes, right? Like it yeah. doesn't fit their narrative. Yeah, it's just it's just like uh, I uh, the the anti-vax ones are the ones that like kill me the most. I'm like I I can't I don't know why they feel they have to double down on this. Like it's it's what do you what are they gaining really? 
Well, I think it's a it's comes from a lack of understanding the science behind it. And I think we've talked about this in the past, and I've talked about this for sure on my live stream. When somebody doesn't understand a particular thing, they go down two paths. They either go down the path of taking a step back and going, I need to understand, learn this, right? And that's what I do if I don't understand a topic. Like, for instance, I didn't understand a lot of the Israeli-Palestine conflict for the longest time, so I took a step back and looked at it and gained my opinion after researching it. Mm. But the other path that people go down is just the blind hate towards that topic. And then, you know, or trying to find out information that makes sense to their brain, and then that's how they become, say, an anti-vaxxer. Because, you know, it does make sense that COVID was made in a lab and this and that, and because that's something that they can understand. Right. Yeah, it makes a type of sense. I remember I listened to a great lecture that was given by, um, oh, of course, I'm forgetting his name uh, at the moment. I want to reference him. He was like a psychedelic professor in the 60s. Okay. Uh, who I'm, uh, uh, but he said that a lot of these guys, they need to believe that there's this controlled mechanism that the, that the, the, the government is plotting something because it's easier to believe that someone's in control of this uh, than what is obviously the truth, which is far more terrifying, which is that no one is in control of any of this. It's just things are happening. And so what if you're confronted with the reality of that, that the idea that no one's in control, that can be quite difficult. People would rather believe that the government is plotting against them. And this is all controlled narrative, the belief that, no, it's just kind of a chaotic nightmare mess. Well, that's the that's the that's the thing that they can grasp the most, right? That's the thing to them that makes most sense because it it's the most entertaining thing as well. And I think a lot of society is is wants it to be like a Hollywood movie all the time, right? Yeah. Where it's like the government has created COVID in a lab to keep people afraid. That'd be a great Hollywood movie. Yeah, but it, let's let's talk about reality here, right? It was now we don't know. There is the lab leak theory, which is a totally real scientific exploration that people are exploring around COVID. But um, it was most likely zoonic and spread yeah. between animals. Like that's the most logical thing that that's because that's how majority of the pandemics start in this world. But I take a look at the lab leak theory, and it's like sure, it's technically possible that it, that it occurred if the Chinese are insane, right? Like if they if they want to create biological weapons to destroy themselves like an insane culture would i suppose but well the latest in the lab leak theory is that there is a laboratory in wuhan that does uh testing on infectious diseases right that they uh purposely want to create infectious diseases so they can get vaccines pre-prepared essentially so that they have all this research and this laboratory over the years has significantly been called out by the scientific community for being very dangerously unsafe that you you know things can easily leak out of this laboratory because they don't do the proper procedures to to keep things safe so and there's a theory there and it's being explored and the chinese government is now just recently over the last couple weeks uh, at the start of uh, july they proposed they said that this is plausible and they're exploring it so when the Chinese government themselves says, okay, wait a minute, we mu- this might be a thing, right? Then there's a, you got to raise an eyebrow at that. Say, oh, what is going I, on here? So, I also do think that the Chinese government is seeing that uh, cooperation is definitely the way forward when it comes to dealing with the international community and especially the West. I generally view the lab leak theory as a way for the West, especially capitalists, to deflect and ignore any conversation about uh, how the West dealt with COVID. And oh, if, for yeah, sure. I, I, I don't disagree with you, but from in the interest of science, it is something that they have to explore, well, right, I, to see. If they, if, they throw up, uh, if they throw up barriers and if they throw up uh, and if they dig their heels in and if they uh, uh, move against this narrative, then that's only going to raise suspicion. And, and it's, yeah. it's better for them, I think to go along with it, to investigate it, to to cooperate, which the Chinese are, uh, they excel at that. In fact, anytime uh, people throw shade at the, at China, they're like, okay, well bring the UN in. Like, let's, let's have a look. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I still, and it's my, of my opinion that I think this, that COVID came from, 
from a from a zoonic nature. I I genuinely believe that, but uh, it's interesting to see the details come out this month about the lab leak theory. Because before it was always deemed as a crazy kook of a conspiracy theory, but now as more data is starting to come out, it's like, oh, okay, this is something that we need to explore scientifically. And the fact that China's cooperating is good, that means it's probably not the lab leak theory, to Mm. your point, right? Mm. It's that they think it's even ridiculous. So yeah, come in and look at the lab. We don't think it's that, so... But uh, Johnny Harris on YouTube did a really, really good video about the lab leak theory that kind of changed my opinion on it that uh, I I think everybody should watch because it's important. But nonetheless, we digress off of our main topic. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, Cuba, let's Mm -hmm. talk about Cuba. So um, for those who are been living under a rock and this part, part of this is me um, recently, Cuba has... uh, expressed uh, uh, significant delays in their vaccination program of their people um, and and their COVID response uh, from from a medical perspective. And this is partly because they do not have the ability to import vaccines or vaccine equipment into mm. the country because of the embargo, yeah. including the Russian vaccine, which was offered to them, you know, Russia kindly offered uh, bunches uh, bunches of vials of the Russian vaccine but the, the the problem is is Russia can't provide the syringes so the medical equipment needed to apply the vaccine cannot get into the country um, this has caused uh, what it would be perceived in the Western media as outcry from the Cuban people um, which has kind of given a hard on I guess you could say to the United States. And they've definitely been funding propaganda out of that the the Cuban government is ready to topple at any minute. Yeah, which is uh, an absolute absurdity to anyone paying any attention. And and in this particular case, like uh, the the American propaganda machine is being incredibly lazy on this one. Like usually, you can expect them to be uh, somewhat uh, robust and somewhat. Um, uh, sophisticated in the way that they go about things but this this propaganda campaign against cuba is embarrassing they're using mm-hmm. literally they're using pictures from like egypt project the pro- protests they're using yeah. pictures, uh, uh from pro cuban rallies like anti-imperialist pro cuban rallies and claiming that they are uh anti-cuban rallies um it's actually kind of cringy and embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Way, how easy it is to just be like, oh, hey, like, why are, th- why are these anti-government, like, anti-Fidel uh, Castro protesters uh, holding up flags that are literally celebrating the revolutionary day? Like, mm-hmm. what, what, what's that about, yo? And, and, and it's, uh, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty on the nose at this point. Yeah, it's it's what's incredibly frustrating is that the U.S. and the U.S. propaganda machine is using voices. They say we're talking to real Cubans here, like actual Cuban people on the ground in Cuba, and then they they get caught a Newsmax, which is Newsmax, so you take it with a grain of salt with anything they do. But Newsmax got caught talking to a, a Cuban on um, on a Zoom call that was actually living in Miami. So mm-hmm. he was already living in the United States, right? Yeah. But they, they tried to say that this guy, this guy was in Havana. But yeah. the, the thing you need to understand about internet in Cuba is it's not readily available to the general population. So to get internet, you typically have to go to a square in the middle of the city on a, like, and you get Wi-Fi cards, right? Because it's, it's not readily connected of a country. So to have somebody sitting on a Zoom call in their luxurious apartment looking over the ocean, yeah. they're definitely not in. Uh, <laughs> they're well, definitely not in Havana. And something right? that the pro-imperial crowd uh, doesn't seem to want, like Americans and the propaganda machine, never want anybody to understand the full narrative of what happened in Cuba and what's going on. And so when you have like a pro-imperial invasion narrative coming out. Uh, people saying like, oh, the communist government was so brutal and it threw us out of the country and all of this. It's like, yeah, like when the Cuban revolution occurred, yeah, they definitely threw slave owning plantation owners mm-hmm. 
country. Like, and and these grandchildren of uh, people turning around and saying like, oh, we were expelled from Cuba and now we're living in Miami. Like, yeah, because your grandparents literally owned slaves and were enslaving people in Cuba. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think the revolution was about? And uh, now they're turning around and they they want the slaves back. It's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Like they they want to reclaim the plantations and they want their slaves back. And you always so, hear about the sugar plantations in Cuba. Yeah, that was the big thing around the revolution, right? And mm-hmm. when you talk to Cubans, like actual Cubans, like if you go to Cuba, which we've we talked about this before we were recording, was I've been to Cuba probably a dozen times. I got married in Cuba. Yes, like I've, I've, I've talked to Cubans, like actual Cubans. Mm-hmm. And they they view the revolution as we would view Canada Day or how the Americans view their Independence Day. Yep. It's a day of celebration for them. It's a day of liberation. And they, you know, I know people in Cuba. We, we are good friends with a, a, ta- a guy who runs a taxi company in Cuba. And, you know, the Cuban people are, are very versatile. They will do what they need to do. And this, this guy literally has to get uh, boat motors put in his car so his cars can drive. Yeah. And, like, they are very versatile with, with living the, off the land and living off what they get. Like, the fact that they just got Red Bull, like, a couple years ago is, like, blowing their mind. <laughs> that, hey, this is a drink? Like, what is this, right? So, but the thing I've always learned about and loved about the Cuban people is, like, they know what's going on. They know yeah. what an iPhone is. They know what the internet is, right? They're, they're very smart. They're very yeah. smart and versatile people. Like, I'd show them my iPhone. They're like, oh, that's an iPhone? Where do you live? They're like, oh, I'm in Canada. Like, oh, Canada. Like, they're so nice. Yeah. They're just, they just love to be nice to people. And, like, I don't, a lot of people are like, aren't you, don't you feel unsafe walking around the streets of Cuba? Like, especially the far right. Will say yeah. that to me. I'm like, no, I literally party with these people. Yeah. Like, I'll literally go for breakfast in this random Cuban's house that invites us over. Yeah. Like, they're genuinely just, genuinely just nice people. They yeah. mean well. Well, and the thing about what's happening in Cuba, uh, and people don't really understand what this embargo is all about. I have people saying to me on a fairly regular basis, and in good faith, like, no, they're not bad faith actors when they're saying this, but. Oh, so the United States has put an embargo on Cuba, but doesn't that mean why doesn't Cuba just trade with the rest of the world, right? Like America's not the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And they don't really understand how this embargo works. That uh, if a company trades with Cuba, it means that the United States will cut off trade with that right. company. And, you know, if you have to choose between 11 million people living on an island, or you know, three hundred million people living on the continent. It's it's pretty straightforward which company or which group you're going to go with. Uh, and the effect of the embargo uh, over this last, like the embargo was always bad for the Cubans, but over the last two three years, it's essentially halved the amount of money that they can get from uh, trade and and um, connecting with the world. And when I was in Cuba. The number one thing that I really noticed about uh, what was happening in Cuba is uh, their uh, lack of tools that yes. if they had access to the international market, absolutely the first thing that they would be investing in as a people is just getting some pretty basic tools. Like I went into a fellow's home because, as you say, right, they invite you and, and yeah. they're very kind and generous. Uh, and, uh, this fellow was putting tiles in his, uh, uh, home, right. Just steadily upgrading his house the way one does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he needed to put a hole into one of the tiles. And my dad and I were just like, well, this is a five minute job. If you have a Dremel, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a Dremel. And so this guy is using a chisel and we're saying like, how long is that going to take you? says takes me about a week i think to put a hole in this tile and 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 get it set and that was the moment i realized like yeah if the cubans just had access if the embargo was lifted probably the first thing that would happen is that they would just have this enormous influx like uh, that would be something like you you talk about job creation there there would be one person walking around the island with a dremel just being like yeah hole and stuff like let's go 
Yeah, do, do you need a hole? I'll drill you a hole. Exactly. Any kind of hole you want. Exactly. Like a freaking walking salesman with a suitcase. For sure. Like, like just have, but you have like a toolkit. Like you have like a drill. You have a drill. Yeah. Got all this kind of specialty sort of stuff. And it's very believable that that would happen immediately. And, but because of the embargo, and let's be really clear about why the United States needs to maintain this embargo. It's because communism has been successful in Cuba. It has. And they, it really has. They can't have a functioning communist model, especially one that's directly off their coast. And so they have to crush it. And exactly. Recently, Biden said that communism fails and socialism's not a great replacement either. And to which the response of any reasonable person, communist, socialist, or otherwise, should be, well, if communism fails, then what's with this embargo? And yeah. the entire rest of the world wants this embargo lifted, uh, with the exception of the United States and Israel. And so Interesting, eh? it's just, get, it's gotten embarrassing. Like it really is yet another stain on uh, Imperial America that just makes them look incredibly embarrassing. I went to the Dominican Republic uh, a couple years ago, and we, my wife and I, we bumped into these Americans, really, really cute couple that we that we hung out with for a good chunk of the trip, right? Really cool Americans from South Carolina, and we told them that we got married in Cuba, mm-hmm. and they were so curious because they're American, they're from South Carolina, they're from a red state, and now these weren't red state voters, right? These were they were Democrats, right? But they were just so curious about the country and we told them about the country and we told them about, you know, how beautiful it is. It's just like the Dominican, but everything's cheaper. And like the people are so nice and you don't have to worry about, you know, they say in the Dominican and they say in Mexico, like don't go off resort, right? You kind of stick, stick your butt on the resort where in Cuba, you can go off resort and they encourage you to go off resort. And it's uh it's they were just so amazed because their propaganda machine that they grew up around because they were our age right uh says that cuba is this evil communist dictatorship that is you know killing its people and starving everybody because that's what they were that's what the red scare is all about right when when we go there it's like you know growing up in canada i never heard that about cuba it was always where you go on vacation that's all what i always knew it was right and Cuba uh, growing up was like, oh, these guys have sweet cigars and rum. <laughs> exactly. And they do have sweet cigars and rum. Yeah, that is true. And, and, and when I was there, uh, half of their factories and their plantations were inert. And mm-hmm. you're asking these guys like, hey, why, why, why is this productive capacity not functioning? And they're very straightforward. They're just like, look, we have nobody to sell to. So why create all this stuff that's not going to be used? Uh, well, again, with this with this bloody embargo. Yeah, let's let's also talk about their healthcare because oh. Cubans' healthcare system often gets overlooked for its level of care and its level of 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 passion. Mm-hmm. Right, the Cuban healthcare is actually very very strong. Yeah, and Cubans Cubans are very well taken care of from a healthcare perspective. You know, when I was in Cuba once, I, I came down with a bug. Uh, actually it was my it was my wedding trip actually so just after i got married the day after i got uh, very very violently sick something i ate or or something got something got me right and uh, i was already married so i already did the deed of being married so i was good my so my wife saw me at my worst state almost instantly um but um i went to the little pharmacy doctor's office at the resort i paid 11 canadian dollars for this weird little lime green pill and I didn't know what it was but he said to me in broken English take two of these every time you need to go to the bathroom and you'll be fine within 24 hours I was perfectly fine oh wow and then fast forward to now you know in Canada similar thing happened I got very very violent food poisoning got very very sick and I went to the doctor, I went to the pharmacist, I was like, I, I need this, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in pain, right? I can't, I can't get up without having to sit back down on the toilet. And we tried all the over-the-counter drugs and nothing fixed it. So I was like, I just, I'm so tempted to get on a plane, fly mm-hmm. to Cuba, get whatever those little lime green pills were that they gave me. I don't know what it was. 
<laughs> and just take it because whatever that was worked for me. But the, the concept is that I was a foreigner and I walked into a doctor's office and I paid $11 for it. Like I'm, I don't have their health care because I'm yeah. not a part of their country. I didn't have to use my travel insurance, which I was prepared to do because I didn't know how much this was going to cost. Yeah. Right. I walked in and I paid $11 for the pill and I asked, do I need to pay anything for your time? He's like, no, 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 don't be silly. Just go, just take mm -hmm. this and you're fine. Like they are just so efficient with their health. And like, that's how the Cuban people get it too. Right. And they have like cures for cancer that yeah. is not being tested elsewhere in the world because nobody can test it because of the embargo. Yeah. Like it's, so they're very versatile to the point that they're actually making their own vaccine against COVID. Like they are trying to develop their own vaccine, but they can't get the equipment to do that yeah. and make it. But they yeah. already know what to do. Like they have the, the serum ready to go. They just well, can't that, actually manufacture it. It really does come down to the fact that the Cuban communists view healthcare uh, like they view housing and food. It's a human right. And if, and, and the people who are going into that profession, they're not going into that profession to like, and then you'll be rich and have a big house and all of that. They're going into the profession because it's a noble pursuit, because it's, a, it, it's, 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 it's doing something good for your community and you're doing something right. Uh, and this is ultimately why the American imperial machine has to crush it. So, John, have you ever seen the movie uh, Sicko, the uh, Michael Moore documentary Sicko? I have actually seen Sicko. No. So in that movie, um, the whole movie is premise is based off of how the U.S. healthcare system is is ridiculously oh, yeah. broken, right? Yeah. And uh, they they in the in the movie they said there's actually one place on American soil that um, you can get free healthcare mm. uh, as an American citizen, and those are the people who are on U.S. military uh, in installments. Right, oh. so the U.S. military abroad will provide free healthcare to its to its soldiers, right, wherever they are. So what he did was he he got a bunch of 9/11 first responders who are suffering from cancer yes. from the asbestos, put them on a boat, chartered a boat from Miami, went all the way to Guantanamo Bay and stood outside the Guantanamo Bay prison and said, "Hey, we have a bunch of 9/11 first responders here that would love some healthcare." And sure enough, nothing happened. But he brought that boat into the mainland of Cuba and got everybody the prescriptions, the medication, and the treatment they needed for their cancer yeah. in Cuba for, for what would be peanuts of a price compared to the United States' cost for doing that. Um, it was a really powerful piece about the Cuban healthcare system. And if you get the chance, yeah. if you're bored one day, watch the, watch the documentary because it's actually really good. Well, and, and it's stuff like that, that like has the American power structure uh, terrified, right? Like it's, it, the only thing that is keeping the absurdest healthcare system that exists in place uh, is that the American people themselves are so heavily propagandized that they don't realize that the entire rest of the world does not operate this way. Yeah. Like, forget about, like, you know, communist Cuba, right? Like, Canada, the rest of Europe, uh, many African nations, Russia, China, like, nobody privatizes their healthcare system this way because it's a disaster. It's a complete and total disaster. And it's an embarrassment that Michael Moore can gather up these 9-11 first responders who can't get health care in America, and he can take them over to Cuba, and the Cuban people are just like, yeah, because you're a human being, and I'm here to help a human being. Uh, um, and this is the reason why the uh, uh, American imperial machine has to crush Cuba. And mm -hmm. the question, of course, in my view, is what is actually keeping America from just dropping bombs on this place? Like they, uh, this this is a question that I think about all the time, because like Americans have shown repeatedly and over and over again that they have no compunction about uh, destroying countries and and bombing yeah. places and eliminating them. I, why is it that Cuba, which is directly off their coast? Uh, the coast of Florida. Like if you if you had a little speedboat, you could just speedboat there. And people have done it. Right? Yeah, exactly. It. Exactly. And so, what is it truly that is preventing the Americans from just 
dropping bombs and marching troops in. And near as I can tell... <laughs> they've, they've tried it, and it failed many well, times. That's a joke on the Bay of Pigs. That failed, but... I think it comes down to simple decorum. I think that uh, the rest of the world is getting quite um, skittish when it comes to dealing with the Americans. Uh, I've, I've been seeing recent information that shows uh, the, uh, the number one trading partner for the vast majority of the world now has shifted from America to China. Mm-hmm. And it really is. Uh, it has to be because the, the Americans are no longer stable. Like if I'm, a, if I'm any nation, I'm looking at America being like, uh, you guys are a destabilized group of nutbags. And then I'd look at China and they're like 4,000 year old, uh, uh, you know, civilization that's not going anywhere and seems to want to negotiate and build peacefully. So, uh, uh, and if the Americans suddenly started dropping bombs on Cuba, I, I can see many European nations just being like, why are we engaging in this? Why are we trading with these guys? Like this, like Cuba yeah. is no threat to anyone. Well, and I think, I think they're the Canada and Mexico would also speak up at that point, you know, to my point earlier about Red Bull finally entering the country. Mm-hmm. I asked, I asked the shop when I bought a Red Bull, I was like, how did you guys get this? Mm-hmm. Right. How did you get this? And he's like, well, it comes from Mexico. And I looked into it, the Coca-Cola company, which bottles Red Bull internationally outside of the United States, um, created a separate LLC out of Mexico so that they can trade and build things into these embargoed countries because Coca-Cola wants to be in every country in the world. So they they built a separate legal entity so that if if the United States says, well, Coca-Cola, Mexico can't be step foot in the United States anymore, they're like, okay. We're not even in the United States, right? So they found a legal loophole well, to, to do it. Honestly, the United States is not going to stop trade with Coca-Cola. No, no, Coca-Cola no. Coca-Cola is as American as apple pie, right? Like, you could never uh, uh, do that. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just really interesting that, um, to, your, to your point, that, you know, I don't think if they were to go the military route into Cuba... I think not only would you have condemnation from, you know, your, your China's, your Russia's, your Europe, but I think your, your closest partners at home, you know, Canada and Mexico, would speak up and go, okay, guys, yeah. like you're, you're, you're acting a little bit like the bully in the ocean kind of thing. You're, you're, all of that said, I do think it is just a matter of time. Like, you, if we get, like, another Trump-style Republican in, I, I, I legitimately do think that it is just a matter of time until they at least make the attempt. Like or, or stage a military coup at the very least, yeah, or, or something. That. Yeah, that it's definitely on the cards. Like, for goodness sakes, they, were, they, they tried to kill Fidel Castro, like, 200 times. And failed, which is just hilarious yeah. to me. Well, because, I mean, it really does come down to that the Cuban people themselves... Like they're not stupid. Like they know what's no. and the uh it's the Americans that are stupid when it comes to dealing with Cuba. And 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 it's it to me it is just a matter of time. Like you can imagine like, you know, let's say Donald Trump gets in office again, right? And he gets into office uh on the back of like there is an upswell of anti communist rhetoric that is coming over America uh mm. at, at the moment. And it's very believable to think that, like, the mayor of Miami was literally calling for the bombing and, and invasion of the Cuban people, right? Yeah. And that he was calling for that kind of a thing. And it's very believable to me that these Republicans, who have proven to be bloodthirsty maniacs, uh, would make the attempt at the very least. And, of course, uh, when the Americans make, you know, the attempt for regime change and all that, they have no compunction. Like, they'll bomb yeah. them. They don't give a fuck. And uh, the question is, uh, uh, will they be successful? And of course, such an event will continue to isolate the United States and continue to alienate uh, them on the world stage. But since when has America cared about that? Uh, And so I I do, I am very concerned for the future of the Cuban people. I, I am too, as somebody who has friends in Cuba and, you know, people that we, we actively communicate with, you know, and I'll, I'll provide a little insider knowledge here. 
from speaking to our friend Julio, who runs the cab company. I, I messaged him on WhatsApp a while back, just right when this whole Cuban thing hit our news. And he's like, it's, people don't even talk about that here. Mm-hmm. Like, people aren't even talking about it. It's not even a, a thing that's concerned. Like, they want their vaccines, right? They want to get their people vaccinated because tourism yeah. is is incredibly important to their economy. But they they're they're going to proceed. They're going to figure out. And he said he said to me, uh, "Let me pull it up here." But he said, "We will always find a way." That's a quote. Oh yeah. Like they, they they will find a way to get their people vaccinated, one way or another. And uh, it may take them longer. Mm-hmm. The day the day will come for sure. Oh yeah, Cuba. Yeah, but what a what a what a beautiful and wonderful country that I I sincerely hope because like wouldn't it be beautiful? Like wouldn't a, a, it be a beautiful world if this embargo was lifted and Cuba was able to just trade cuz like immediately if the embargo is lifted the, the first thing they're going to do is just ramp up their productivity, ramp up uh cigar sales, uh rum sales and yeah. they're Absolutely. Like they would make an enormous amount of money just on those two commodities alone, sugar, uh, uh, because it's it, it's notorious in America. Like there are Hollywood movies where a guy will yeah. get another guy a cigar and be like, yeah, they're Cubans, right? Well, there's a Seinfeld episode. Yes. When when Kramer gets the Cubans and they were, went to go roll Cuban cigars, but they weren't actually Cubans. <laughs> like it was a, there was a whole friggin' Seinfeld episode on this. Exactly. So like, there's this like mythology to it, and literally, like if every American just buys one cigar, right? Like this, it's just going to be this enormous influx of capital into Cuba when the nation is set up to uh, actually spread that wealth around and actually help Cubans out. And uh, wouldn't it be absolutely a beautiful thing to watch? Wouldn't it be absolutely absolutely beautiful to see this small island nation just thrive because they're no longer uh, being disconnected or isolated on the world stage? And uh, yeah. my hope, my hope is that this actually starts to occur. Like there's there's every reason to believe that as China begins to uh, take over on the world stage that they will begin trading with Cuba and that Cuba will actually begin to increase its productivity and uh, uh, and it will begin connecting to the Belt and Road Initiative and all of this yeah. uh, in more serious ways. Of course, the embargo prevents a lot of that in any case. Like if you put a friggin' U-boat off the coast of <laughs> Cuba, you're, you're not getting a boat in there to trade with anybody, right? Yeah. But, yeah, there's the military question of China or, or Russia. Russia tried to militarize Cuba, and that, that kind of didn't go over very well. Yeah. I mean, um, it, well, and that makes sense. Like, I mean, if I'm the United States, I absolutely do not want uh, um, a military force of any sort on, uh, uh, on Cuba. 50 side. miles from your, yeah. from your doorstep. Like that's, that's, like, that's the same. And it's the same logic for why the Chinese don't want an independent Hong Kong, right? Like, they don't yeah. want its military base, like, right off their... Uh, right off their border right yeah yeah it's uh it's very it's a very delicate topic for sure when it comes to the world discussion about who who wants to trade with cuba right because do you want to piss off the big boy to the neck to the north and and piss off the united states but russia you know doesn't seem to care they never really cared in the first place um, but they're trying their best to get uh, to get, and we're not even talking about controversial things here. Yeah, like we're just talking about freaking vaccines. Yeah, like w- this is the thing that we need to get. You know, if the states wants to talk about economy, this is the thing to get the world economy back ticking, right? You know, a vaccine is the great tool for that, and they won't even allow that to enter their country. Yeah, it's like it's just insane. It's yeah. just. It's hubris on a massive level, right? Like, and when uh, when the Delta vir- uh, variant uh, starts coming through America, as it's already done in the UK, uh, it has. It is going through America, actually. There's yeah. Florida has a record number of cases today, Here or something go. like that. Like, and it's completely <laughs> self-inflicted. It's completely self-inflicted, right? And and more of these variants are going to show up, and we're going to be like. But we have the vaccine, and it's like, yeah, but for vaccines to actually work, you need to ensure that everyone is vaccinated. But yeah, because- or, or enough people are vaccinated. 
Exactly. And because these uh, uh, capitalists are playing petty capitalist games with this, uh, it's just not going to happen. And it's never going to happen. That's, I think, the thing that people are not really realizing, that these capitalists will never actually allow it to occur. Well, the the funniest thing happened. You you heard about the border reopening with the United States, right? Or the on on August ninth, fully vaccinated individuals are able to cross the border again into the United States. But the the condition is you need to be fully vaccinated, right? So you have to prove it. And conservatives are losing their goddamn minds over this because they're like, "How dare you make me get a vaccine to go to the states?" It's like, well, no, they're protecting their people. Yeah. Like there, it's it's us protecting our people, and we're protecting you. Yeah. And the whole reason this is happening, and this wouldn't have happened so quickly, it's because Canada started knocking on Europe's door, being like, "Hey, do you want to reopen your borders? You have really good vaccination rates. Do you guys want to do this thing where both people are fully vaccinated, they can cross?" And France was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And Spain was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And the states kind of was that kid in the back of the class going, "No, wait, I want to do it too," <laughs> right? Because they love they love tourism so much and they love the economy but then the condition was that it had to be fully vaccinated and the states pulled out of the deal so americans can go into canada fully vaccinated but canada canadians can't go into america if they're fully vaccinated uh, so, so it's a one-way street it's just so funny though because it took the rest of the world starting to make these deals with each other yeah. right canada making deal with france and spain and the european union and this and that for the states to go, well, wait a minute, we're, we're, we, we can do this too, right? And then everyone's like, yeah, yeah I guess. But And what you're describing there, like in regards to these uh, uh, vaccines, but, th- but that's the end game for America, right? Like eventually everybody, like Canada, Mexico, like literally everybody, just begins to make deals which exclude the United States. Um, we've seen that occur during the Trump administration. Uh, the rest of the world was making climate change yeah. negotiating deals uh, uh, without the United States because the United States just wouldn't come to the table. Um, and and this is going to be the way that, like, this is the reason why I'm so concerned about Cuba is because when empires begin to fall like when they begin to collapse the way that the united states is poised to collapse uh they begin to act completely irrationally that they're very much like a teenager just on this anxiety like rebellious uh uh, i'm gonna destroy myself and everybody around me and then that'll show you right uh, there's no humility, there's no sense of self-awareness or anything, that they just are going to, dest- and while they destroy themselves, they're going to destroy everyone around them. And so I look at Cuba and think to myself, oh boy, <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. a, there's, there's a punching bag right there. And it doesn't, and, 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 it, and it's not going to be rational. Like, that's the thing that I think people don't really get. They're like, well, that doesn't make any sense, John. It's like, it doesn't matter that it doesn't make any sense. It matters that that's what's, like, going to happen. They're going to beat the shit out of Venezuela. They're going to beat the shit out of Cuba. Uh, and then they're going to collapse. And they're not going to be able to do it anymore because they won't, have, they won't be able to make any bombs. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. And it's, uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. In the future, because Cuba, you know, I don't think Cuba has left the the world stage of being the potential for the next world war. You know, everyone thought after the Cuban Missile Crisis and the fall of the Soviet Union that Cuba is nothing to worry about. But, you know, putting a a decade long, decades long embargo, it, it doesn't make people forget it. Right. And the Cuban people are, as we've talked about today are very, very aware of the troubles that they face as a country because of this embargo. And when the rest of the world says, hey, the U.S., do you think you can lighten your tight tight grip on that a little bit? Like, yeah. even, even its closest allies are saying, hey, U.S., lighten up a bit here, bud. Well, they, they even had a president. Obama said straight up that they should, they should lift the embargo, right? Like, and, yeah. So, like, you have, like, one of the presidents in recent history saying, Hey, this embargo is not helping anybody. Why don't we lift it? Uh, yeah, he was he was also chastised for that. Of course, of course, from the well, right. 
And it really does come down, and I've said it uh, before, but it really is, like, the Americans cannot tolerate a non-capitalist Western model that's successful. They, they can't tolerate they can. the idea of a communist model. And, like, you don't need to go too deep into uh, history to see that this is the case. The, the, the bombing of Vietnam and Cambodia... I was just going to mention Vietnam. And remember, they bombed Vietnam and Cambodia so much that they grounded their bombers because they ran out of targets to bomb. There was simply nothing left for them to destroy in that country. And, it, and that was done explicitly uh, to staunch the spread of communism, right? That they explicitly stated that was the case. So this is the degree that the Americans are willing to go to in order to defeat their ideological enemies. And yeah. any idea that like that the, the the idea that they'll the hope is that they'll finally come to their senses, right? That they'll just uh uh they'll finally realize like well so what if there's a model that is uh working uh, outside of our capitalist model isn't isn't capitalism all about competition and how competition breeds innovation and that innovation should be adopted if it's successful but turns out that's all just a grift right yeah well and that's the thing i never understood about you know the us's hatred towards cuba it's like don't you want them to succeed don't you want you know the idea of a tourist nation because you got to remember that Cuba's model is entirely tourism. Like they, 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 without tourism, that country is broke, right? They don't have really anything else. That's their biggest export is yeah. tourism. And don't you want your people, Americans, to be able to go to a country that and spread the United States way into the country? Like they ban, well, Cuba, for the right reasons, bans Americans from entering their country mm. without, without a due reason. Um, but don't you want to be able to amend that relationship so that Americans can go and, and, you know, ultimately like, look at the Dominican, look how Westernized the Dominican Republic is because of, because of their ability to let Americans in, right? Like it works. Just let your people in. If, if you're, um, it just comes down to cowardice, right? That ultimately Americans are just, uh, uh, cowardly when it comes to dealing with, uh, ideas that go beyond the capitalist model that they have and they they it as long as cuba is standing up and saying well no we're going to administrate ourselves and we're going to take care of ourselves and we don't want to have any large federated body that 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 puts demands on us we want to make decisions for ourselves as long as that's the case then the americans can't have a relationship with them right because yeah. the, the american empire is psychotic like you're dealing you're not dealing with like a, a rational nation that's walking around saying like how can we make friends and ameliorate relationships you're dealing with a psycho who wants to destroy that's what they want to do you, you just need to take a look at libya syria iraq yeah. like all of these places they, they, they weren't interested in, in dealing with these places uh, uh, rationally and building relationships or anything. They were interested in blowing them up and stealing their shit. And, yep. and the only real reason, in my view, that the Americans aren't just actively destroying Cuba is because there's no oil or anything there, right? If they found there's out... Nothing, there's nothing there they'd want except for fishing. they found, like, a lithium deposit there, and it wouldn't have to be a big lithium deposit... Cuba would get bombed the next day. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're right. And unfortunately, you're right. And that's the sad part, is that as time goes on and as technology advances, what resources are going to be the most viable? Um, And, you know, that could be anything from physical hard things in the ground to to people, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Cheap labor is cheap labor, right? Yeah. So... Well, and as we move forward and as climate change begins to escalate, uh, uh, water, right? Water. Yeah. Well, access to fresh water. That's why Canada needs to do something now to protect its fresh water rights. Because, you know, fresh water is going to be very important in the future. We're dicking around. We're we're busy banning straws and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. 
meanwhile the and and i'm sure you're aware you know living in toronto like myself looking outside your window and seeing the haze from the forest fires in northern northern uh, ontario right now well blanket I, our city i keep bringing up and i keep talking to people about uh Lytton, right like and it, i'm amazed yeah. at how few people actually know about what happened in Lytton, right i even yeah. made, i even made a song about it right like because it's like Climate change happened and burned that place down, and it's just that's just going to keep happening, right? Yep. How, yeah, it is. How big does the town need to get? Like Lytton was only like three hundred people, so it's a small village. But like, no, you just need to have a bus full of hockey players crash, and the whole country will then care. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. Like, and and it, it's got to be like, but it's gonna it's going to be something like Kamloops, right? Like, it's yeah. Gonna, a larger community that or something be. like um I, I think of something like thunder bay or or mm. kenora you yeah. know these massive not massive communities but big enough thunder yeah. bay is a as a city right yeah. they and they are just as danger of forest fires if you've ever been up there yeah. uh there's forest all around it like it doesn't take much well, so and like people have this sort of deluded idea that oh we'll just adapt and all of this like if a forest fire rips through your town you're not adapting right yeah it's going to burn the place to the ground and connecting it back to cuba of course uh rising water levels uh well not only is it going to wipe out miami right but poor cuba yeah climate change like the hurricanes that are coming uh, they they always go directly over Cuba, right? Like that Cuba has a hurricane season. Like they they're very aware that these hurricanes come, and it's a great time to travel. Actually, during hurricane season, it's really cheap. <laughs> joke, I joke, of course, but um, well, and I I expect it's quite spectacular, actually. So. Oh, it's it's dead. <laughs> like, but but you run the risk of also dying in a hurricane. Dying in a hurricane. But, of course, yes. So, so, so you got to do a little research before you book that trip. But of course, um, of course. but if, if the water levels go up five or or ten feet, uh, a place like Cuba, like yeah. this, this is the truth about uh, 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 the American policy towards Cuba is that they're probably just going like, well, this place will be gone soon anyway. So why yeah, the Earth will take care of it? We don't. Why do we need to? Yeah, we we just need to continue like. We just need to deal with all these Floridans that are going to be running away from Florida. Like uh, when yeah. Miami goes underwater, right? There's just going to be a, an enormous influx of refugees into Georgia. Uh, well, and, and Orlando too, because Orlando's inland, right? Like, but well, um, you t- and you t- I mean, we're we're changing the subject a little bit, but I mean, for God's sakes, just take a look at a map. Spend a little yeah. bit. I'm looking at a map and realize, like, you're talking about New York City. You're talking about Los Angeles. You're talking about like major, major San Francisco, Seattle, Seattle, exactly. Um, and none of these places have done anything. Like none no. of these places have given two shits. And if the water level goes up, like imagine living in New York City, but now you can't use the subway system because the subway system is filled with water. That's happening now. That's not. That's not a a new thing they get a little bit of a rainfall and the the storm drains can't handle it yeah exactly right so now imagine that the water levels around them are up five feet and that's just yeah. now right and that well like- storm water can only drain into things that are below it if the water <laughs> level is higher than it it can't yeah. drain it's, yeah. it's simple physics right like and i mean you think about manhattan island right like yeah. and, and I'm, i keep bringing up new york because new york is like the most populous city it's this it's the big city baby exactly it's this big urban kind of place and people are gonna run they're gonna flee from it and you're gonna you're gonna have this like dystopian style city where like uh uh it's just going to be empty because it's going to be largely unusable that the only people who are really going to be able to stay there are are rich people right who who can like helicopter into the skyscrapers that are kind of or take off into space just like jeff bezos did oh, yeah jeff bezos isn't that great i hope he doesn't come back <laughs> he just is one of those things where like i don't want to see a rocket crash because there's people on there but yeah uh, if I maybe was... maybe his seat malfunctions and he bangs his head on the wall or something like that like if i was uh if if i was god right if i was <laughs> If I was 
the force of intelligence in the universe. I would definitely be like be looking at this Jeff Bezos moment and being like, "Hey, we could just Titanic this bitch, right?" Like <laughs> they were saying that Titanic, the Titanic could never sink, and it was like the greatest. Yeah. And yeah. and like the forces of the universe aligned to be like, "Oh, really? Oh, interesting." And I, well, I, uh, I see a similar opportunity with Mr. Bezos. I shouldn't. Well, all I these billionaires going up. CIA will come after me or something. Yeah, I know. But no, it's it's a funny thing to say. It's like all these billionaires eventually blasting off into space. The laws of probability will say eventually one of those rockets is going to explode. Yeah. Like, it's so. But uh, I think on the note of billionaires dying, I think that's a good note to, to end <laughs> this, this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was a good chat. I wanted to chat about Cuba. I know I messaged you right away and was like, hey, let's do Cuba. Because yeah. I think it was important to ch- chat about. And hopefully uh, they get their vaccines that they, they just deserve and oh. get their people in, in a vaccinated state. So I can visit their country yeah. and, uh, and, and see you lovely people down there again. Well, but, lift, lift the embargo, for God's sakes. Yeah, everybody, that too. Everybody is saying lift this embargo. Yeah. When the rest of the world is saying you're being a bad boy, U.S., stop. You should probably just listen. Like, uh, we have a long history of listening to international opinion. Uh, no, they don't, but that's the problem. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Socialist Agenda. My name is JB. Thank you so much for listening. John, where can people find you and all that fun stuff? Just head to thecanadiancommy.com. Uh, it'll take you directly to my YouTube channel. Uh, come to my live stream on YouTube, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where we are building the revolutionary project. Hey, there we go. Uh, my name is JB. You can find me. My link tree is in the description of this podcast. Um, I mainly do stuff on TikTok, so please check out my TikTok. I go live on TikTok when I can, but I recently I've been getting banned every two seconds, so don't be surprised if my profile just doesn't exist. But, um, but yeah, find me and, and come say hi. Love to chat with you guys. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. John, I will talk to you soon.